Brock Purdy named the most marketable young player in the NFL? Is he on his way to quarterback stardom with the San Francisco 49ers? All that and more coming up on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Appreciate all the everydayers. A lot of you already jumping into the live chat. Switched it up this week. Got some traveling going on. Young Leo's turning five, so we're going to go see the family and celebrate uh, his birthday. So not doing the live on Thursday evening. We're doing it on Wednesday evening here instead so thanks everybody for joining us there and if you uh want to join our live youtube episodes make sure you're subscribed up there on youtube and you can find us obviously on the audio pods wherever you get your podcasts what do you think croc most marketable young player in the nfl brock purdy at the top of the list and this wasn't just some uh some yahoo somewhere making a list on some website this is the nfl pa they're like they, they're hitching their wagon to young brock purdy saying that this is going to be the dude you, you know i was i was a little confused at first because it's the way it's worded it said that brock purdy was the number one rising star in the nfl and i was thinking like okay you got number one i understand but if you have patrick satan on this list Right, like which he is. I think he was like number seven. Like, well, how is Patrick Satan, a guy who's been first team all pro, been balling since he came into the league, and he's on this list? And then I see guys like Brees Hall, but I don't see Saz Gardner, who also was first team all pro as a rookie. How are they not higher? And then I kind of learned what went into uh, being number one. So <clears throat> let me read off this list here. Starts off poised to have a breakout season. All right. Which, again, you got Sertain on there. He's already had a broken out season, but then he's still on the list. That's weird to have him on there. All right. Uh, Games, fan support. I think that's huge, especially when you look at San Francisco 49ers, the huge, large fan base that the 49ers have, which we see every time we record. And all the other shows, you know, on all these different networks and everything, they get a lot of support from a massive fan base. All right. And then ranking amongst the top, sellers of all NFL official licensed player merch, which when you are a quarterback and you're playing in the market that the 49ers play in, and then you do as well as he did as a rookie, I would only assume that you'd uh, really be one of the top jersey sellers once they start making those. Cause I don't know. I mean, were they making rock party jerseys last year? Probably not right. Third string quarterback. And then I went back and looked at uh, who followed him in the sense of the order. And it looked like a, uh, yeah, Brock Purdy, Garrett Wilson. Where is he at? New York. Large fan base, large market. Uh, after him, Tony Pollard for the Dallas Cowboys. There's no more Ezekiel Elliott. Tony Pollard is the guy. I, I bet they assume, hey, there's going to be a big, big tick in his uh, uh, jersey sales. Just the love that he gets. And he's playing in the huge Dallas market. Of course, they probably have the most fans in America's team. All right. Then even if you go back a year prior to that, Last year, the top three guys, Trevon Diggs, Dallas Cowboys, A.J. Brown, Philadelphia Eagles, huge, large, uh, very passionate fan base. All right, Hunter Renfro, for all the mess that the Raiders are, 
they have a very big and loyal fan base. So once I started kind of looking at the criteria and how they went to about this, I quickly understood why Brock Purdy is and should be the number one rising star in the NFL, according to the NFLPA. Sertan is a, is a strange one because he's already done broke out. He's he's one of the top. To be honest with you, Croc, is, is there a better – are there two corners you would rather have on your football team right now than Patrick Sertan and Sauce Gardner? Right. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, it's the market, marketability of a quarterback. So uh, Jordan Love, I believe, 10th on the list, right? Packers quarterback. So, you know, if you're a star quarterback with the Packers, you're going to be a very popular person. If you're a star quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, you're going to be a very popular person. But what I found pretty wild is that first-round quarterback, who we know for sure is going to be the starter, even more we know about him being the starter than Brock Purdy because of what's going on with Purdy's injury right now, uh, Kenny Pickett, first round pick, right? And and so there's extra marketability there. And he wasn't on the list. He's behind Brock Purdy, even as far as quarterbacks go. So that tells you what they think about Brock Purdy, about the San Francisco 49ers and the marketability there if Brock Purdy does what he did last year long term for the 49ers. How good do they think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be? How good do you think Pittsburgh is going to be? I'll put it this way. We, we actually did a podcast about this a, a few weeks ago when the schedule came out because my guy, Matt Williamson, make sure everybody you subscribe up to the, the Peacock and Williamson NFL show daily. We cover the entire league and Williamson is from the Pittsburgh area, covers the Steelers. And um, he's glad, first of all, that the that the Steelers are getting the 49ers in week one because of the up and up, you know, the up in the air quarterback situation. And uh, it'll be the first game back for Brock Purdy if he is playing. But he, he said that. I mean, give give Kenny Pickett all those weapons the 49ers have, and, and he'll take Kenny Pickett all day long over Brock Purdy. And he said, in a vacuum, all you know, all talent around the quarterback equal, he still thinks is as good as Brock Purdy looked at the end of last year. He said, give me Shanahan, give me, give me, uh, give me Kenny Pickett all day long. So uh, I don't know what the listeners think about that. I'm sure a lot of 49ers fans would rather have their guy. I'm sure Pittsburgh Steelers fans would all rather have their guy, but um I think the 49ers aspect of it is absolutely the biggest aspect of this, but you got to be good long-term to sell a bunch of jerseys. So, uh, you know, if, if Brock Purdy, no, you don't, you have to have a good moment and then have some excitement. Well, I mean, you're not going to, you're going to stop selling jerseys. You know what I mean? Like you want to be, you know, how you sell a lot of jerseys is be a hall of fame quarterback for decades. That's how you sell a lot of jerseys. Like selling them for one year is, is a nice little blip, but um, you know, there's a lot more Peyton Manning's than, Tim Tebow jerseys out there. I'll, I'll say this about kind of the quarterback comparison between Brock Purdy and Kenny Pickett. I, it, to me, it feels like there's this instinctive aspect to Brock Purdy's game that maybe Kenny Pickett quite doesn't have. Because obviously, like, yeah, I mean, the, the terrific team around Brock Purdy, a terrific play caller. And I saw George Kittle on a podcast where they talked about Kyle Shanahan running plays that he knows isn't going to work. And he said, yeah, against Seattle, they ran this play, ran it again, ran it again. And then the fourth time he ran it, right. He ran the first three knowing might not work. I don't care. I'm just setting up this to hit Debo Samuel behind him, which ended up going for a 75 yard touchdown. Right. So it, it definitely helps to have a Kyle Shanahan and that mindset, but there's also plays where, in that game, when Brock Purdy goes left, goes right, goes left, goes right, throws the ball to Brandon, now he drops a touchdown, right? Like, that's this uh, instinctive ability that I don't know Brock Purdy – I mean, uh, uh, Kenny Pickett has that. Or uh, the 
when he played his first start against Tampa Bay and he's rolling right and he kind of stops and steps up and throws a, a dime to Debo Samuel, you know, those are things that you can't quite – that has nothing to do with the players around him or the coach or the scheme. So uh, I think there are certain things that we saw from him. While I understand the talent aspect of it, can he pick it maybe a little faster, maybe not as twitch, twitchy though? Uh it's still hard for me to say, oh, he just have the same exact success that we saw Bart Purdy have. There is some athleticism to Kenny Pickett's game, but he doesn't have that. There is something with Brock Purdy that was fun to watch with his just his playmaking ability. He doesn't want to quit on the play and kind of ran himself into trouble at times, but it never really bit him. Kenny Pickett doesn't really have that playmaker aspect. It's sort of like a, a good point guard versus Jason Williams, right? With the way it's, that looked. It's like it there's kind of, an innate ability that's something there, and it's hard to even just put your finger on exactly what it is. It was kind of like college Johnny Manziel. Yeah, I could see that. Right. But it worked in a way that it didn't for Manziel in the NFL when he tried to play that way. Right. You know what Kenny Pickett has that Purdy doesn't is the fake slide, which is <sighs> like just – a, a, a cheat code of a move for a quarterback to have in this day and age. That pissed me off. They they made a, a change to that rule right away. They're like, ah, any type of fake, you know, whatever, like you'll get flagged and all type of stuff. So I'm, I'm glad that uh, the conference responded accordingly and took that out of the game because that was some BS. Yeah, somebody earlier was in the chat was talking about the, uh, the Brock Purdy jersey selling out. They definitely did not have a lot of Brock Purdy jerseys on hand when he broke out late last year. They are now, I'm sure, very stocked up. You can go find... Uh, a number 13 in probably any store that sells 49ers jerseys. You're going to buy you one? I don't buy jerseys, but are you going to buy you one? No, I don't do the jersey thing. Oh, you, you, have we talked about my jersey thing? Well, I've no. talked a lot, of, about, uh, a lot with Wink. I'll, I'll talk about jerseys and, and what my criteria is for, for buying a sports jersey. <laughs> Not just for me, but my advice for other folks out there because I don't buy a lot of sports jerseys. We'll get into that next. I want to talk next, Croc, about um, speaking of Brock Purdy, like – whether it's Purdy, Jimmy G, I mean, going back to cap, how come the 49ers can have a normal offseason for their quarterback where they're just healthy and have a normal offseason practice and get ready to play a stinking season for the San Francisco 49ers? Next. Today's episode of Lockdown 49ers is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Make your way to FanDuel right now because new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win, uh, we've got NBA and NHL playoffs now in the books. Champions uh, have been um, have been earned, and championships and banners will fly forever for those teams. But you can still bet on NBA and NFL NHL futures. You can bet on a ton of NFL futures. There's Week One through Week Seventeen lines already at FanDuel. Players of the Year, Rookies of the Year. Over-under win totals for every team. I believe the line is still 10.5 wins for your San Francisco 49ers. Great promotions every day at FanDuel. Love the app, the website. Super easy to use. Build your own parlays. All you got to do is visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NFL. I want to go into the chat real quick here, Croc, before I talk about uh, NFL jerseys. And it was, uh, I want you to tell me if you can decipher this, if this adds up to you. Michael says, BP 13, Brock Purdy, not Brian Peacock. One plus three equals four. 
Year two for Brock Purdy, four plus two equals six Lombardis. Does that math add up for you? Uh, I, uh, there's too many numbers up there. I don't, <laughs> I don't get it. I don't know. I don't know where the. Okay, so so if you add one and three, you get four, and since it's year two, that's where he gets two plus four. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Makes sense. Three Makes sense. I, I hope so. I like it. I think you're. We, on we said, listen. We said we were going to talk about jerseys, and I see Kyle Han. And he says, hey, he said, how crowd going to say he don't buy jerseys when we see a Lakers jersey in the back? I have three jerseys, all right? I have this Magic Johnson jersey. I have a Colin Kaepernick jersey. And I have a Sharks jersey that says Daddy Shark on the back. And I did not buy any one of those jerseys. I didn't buy none of them. Uh, I only own one jersey that I purchased. And I only own, uh, well, I take it back. I like some softball jerseys that were actually my jerseys that I played games in um aside from those i have two jerseys one i purchased one was purchased for me one says peacock has the number 10 san francisco giants jersey my wife has a dodgers one it was a big thing at our wedding it was a giants family and a dodgers family coming together in 2010 we were married uh hers says peacock it's a dodgers jersey mine says peacock they both have the number 10 for for the year 2010 we got married uh, that was purchased for me. And then I have a Visalia Oaks minor league, like 1989, 1990 jersey. It doesn't even have a, a name on the back. It just has a number. So those those are the two jerseys I own. And, and when oh, it comes to – I do have the Christian McCaffrey jersey. It was a gift from a buddy of mine at San Jose State, and it's actually autographed by Christian McCaffrey. Uh, that was oh, a gift. There you go. There you. Oh, I take it back, Crook. I do have another jersey. I have a 41 New York Jets Eric Crocker jersey. Too. Oh, yeah, you do have that. You do have that. Yeah. Oh, there we go. So we got a signed McCaffrey jersey. Yeah. Gift. Uh, I, yeah. I don't, I don't, I, the, the buying the jersey thing, uh, the guys leave and stuff a little too much. And, you know, I would have thought Jimmy Garoppolo was going to be around for 10 years. And then he just wasn't. And, and then I would have thought, Trey Lance would have been around for 10 years and it looks like he just probably won't be. So it's like, that's, I'm just not going to spend $150 on the Jersey. I'll go watch the team and everything, but uh, I always wear my Kaepernick Jersey when I go to the game. I agree. Critical thinker in the chat, by the way, great knowledge here. Kirby Puckett, former Visalia player, Visalia Oaks were the, uh, the Minnesota twins single a club when I was a, when I was a kid and then they became the, Oakland A's minor league club like Zito and Hudson and Mulder and all those guys came through town. And then now I believe they are the, uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks single a farm team. So there you go. Visalia Oaks, my hometown. Um, so I, I'm with you, Croc. Like players move around too much. Weird stuff happens with players. You think he's going to be the next great, and then he gets hurt and disappears, or he gets arrested, or you know something crazy happens. You never know. And I get asked all the time, and I've been asked this a lot since Brock Purdy shows. Like, hey, should I get that Brock Purdy jersey? And I always say the answer is always no. People are like, hey, do you want, should I get that Debo jersey? I was like, no, nah, you shouldn't. And then look, he almost left last. He's asking for a trade last off season. Uh, should I get that Bosa jersey? It's like, oh, and then they want to change numbers too. You know, oh, yeah. And then want to change the number one. Yeah, you get If it didn't cost him so much that he had to buy out his jersey stock, he'd probably be wearing number one or number zero right now. Um, so my number one criteria for buying a jersey, I don't really buy jerseys, but my advice to people is buy a retired player's jersey. You can't even be 100% sure that someone who's retired is not going to do something weird either. Like OJ Simpson. But you're, you, you at least know what teams they played for. And you know that Patrick Willis retired a 49er. You wear that 52 with pride. You know exactly what that career was. 
if you know the player, it's okay to get the jersey. So I see Michael uh, in the chat. He says, you know, if you know the player, do you, do you get jersey? Of course. If you know the player that well, he should get you the jersey for you. Right. Get that game worn. Like I got my uh, San Jose State one right here. <laughs> Terror Dome says I only buy Hall of Famers. There you go. That's a good criteria. My guy, uh, Trey, uh, Drew Jenkins. I, I train him. He's at San Jose State. There you and, go. Uh, this is game game warm right there. Game warm. Signed. That means something. Yeah. Future star right there. And yeah, and like because and that's just me and, and you, Croc, and, and jerseys aren't a big deal for us. It's sort of like sneakers. You know, how if you're a sneakerhead, you got a, a whole closet that's dedicated to just sneakers. You got 200 pairs of sneakers. You know what I mean? I buy a pair of sneakers till they fall off my feet, and then I buy another one, put them on my feet until they fall off my feet. Right. Uh, and, and so with jerseys, it's like it's not an important thing to me. And I would rather spend the money on going to a game, spend the money on other things than, than buying a jersey that, that costs so much money. Um, especially if you're talking about buying a jersey for me, buying a jersey for, you know, the family you go to you already go into the game you're dropping another extra 150 on jerseys on top of food and tickets that can get pretty rough pretty darn quick um but some people are the other way where they just love collecting jerseys and i totally get that too because then it doesn't matter a guy changes his number it's like cool i'll get that number too you know i'll get the 24 and the eight kobe jersey right or i'll get all the alternate colors like i just want i want weird jerseys i'll go to garage sale there's just this weird jersey if someone i don't care about it's some team that i didn't even root for but it's a cool jersey so i'll buy that so I, i understand that aspect too and if you're if you go that way then yeah have have at it go to town there's a question in the chat here i want to go to um viet ta says what is the most marketable locked on podcast on the network oh i mean we know the answer to that i mean clearly it's peacock and williamson oh excuse me i'm sorry it's it's locked on for you <laughs> <laughs> um it in in all seriousness locked on 49ers and Locked on Packers, yeah, are the two biggest. They're the two most popular, and we we go back and forth. It's been fourth on our side for a while. Uh, last year, Croc and I really dominated on Locked On Forty ers so we really appreciate all the uh, uh, all the listeners out there, all of the support being your being the everydayers for us here. It's pretty awesome to see and see how much the the network as a whole has grown and, and seeing this show grow and and be the number one show on the network is really cool. And but I think I think the last the last month, I think Peter got us back though. So I think Peter was on top, locked on Packers. So guys, tell a friend, make sure you're subscribed up on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast and make sure locked on 49ers stays on top again for the year. Storylines for the 49ers and Packers helps tremendously, right? So 49ers, we always have storylines surrounding our quarterback situation. And then, you know, they go on a run at the end of the year. And it feels like the last couple of years like that has happened. And then, boom, we explode, right? Or, you know, drafting Trey Lance at number three. The show, you know, explodes. With the Packers, there's been a lot of weird things with Aaron Rodgers, that boom, the the show explodes. And then now Aaron Rodgers is gone. So now any details that they can get out of OTAs or anything that has to do with Jordan Love, the the show is going to do very well. So it's really between our two shows. And I think we were told that our show and the Packers show are like the only shows that are uh, ranked in Apple and Spotify. Or something like that. So that's pretty. Yeah, you, this is all the fans. This is all the listeners. Uh, we we really appreciate y'all. And let's be honest. Let's be honest. The uh, the most handsome hosts too, right, Croc? I mean, Croc's He's down to nice one. And everything going on. I mean, got the great voice. Croc's down to 188 pounds. He's over here <laughs> bench pressing what 
300 pounds for fun, 310, something crazy like that? I, I've hit 315. I probably can go about 10 pounds heavier. Viet Ta in the chat is a great point. He says, Scotty Pippen, my favorite player, starting to do some weird things too. See? <laughs> you can't even be sure about retired Hall of Famers. <laughs> he's a right from up the street, Hamburg. Uh, so Hamburg's about 15 minutes from me. I oh, think really? he still might live there. Interesting. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, he he still might live there. And then, like, now that I know where he's from and where like, that little town is, like, one street, like. Uh, he, he went to a small school, right? Pippin. He went go? to UCA, I think, University of Central Arkansas, I believe. Central Arkansas. Okay. Yeah. It's a, it's a hotbed in Arkansas. Okay. Next. <laughs> next. Let's talk. Um, let's get back to the quarterback conversation here a little bit because it's like, why can't the 49ers ever have a normal offseason for their starting quarterback? And this is beyond Purdy. It's even beyond Jimmy Garoppolo in the Kyle Shanahan era. And whatever you guys want to get into in the chat is your show live locked on 49ers next. I do want to thank everybody once again for making us your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Appreciate the everydayers if you want to be an everydayer and jump in on these live episodes. Make sure you're subscribed up on YouTube, hit the notification bell, and you can find us everywhere you get your podcasts. Is it a is it a curse? Like I think I'm, I'm thinking the like the Packers might be in this zone now where it's like you get back to back Hall of Famers, right? You get Montana, you get Young. Yet things have to be weird for a while at quarterback. And the Packers had Favre. They had Aaron Rodgers. They're trying to do the Rodgers thing again where you, you drafted a guy in the first round even though you had a Hall of Famer. And then after a few years, you plug him in. I mean, you know, they're, 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 they're right out of the playbook from 2008 right now of the Green Bay Packers. We'll see if it works out for them. I feel like it's going to get weird because you can't just go back-to-back-to-back Hall of Famers. And it has been so weird for the 49ers. Not only just the up and ups and downs of – going from Steve Young to then Jeff Garcia, who was pretty good, but, you know, clearly he wasn't a superstar quarterback. Uh, and then you go, okay, well, we're going to draft a superstar quarterback. And then you go through the Giovanni Carmazis and um, – and uh, Jim you know, Junkermiller. Junkermiller, right. And you guys don't even play at all. They took a snap for the 49ers. Then you get Alex Smith, and he sticks around for a long time. But, you know, there were other Hall of Famers in the class, and they, and they picked the wrong guy even though they picked the right guy. Like, everyone loves Alex Smith, but he wasn't – Aaron Rodgers, and he wasn't as good as the 49ers hoped when they drafted a quarterback number one. Booed, and they rooted for Troy Smith to come in over him. I <laughs> like mean, people, people love to forget that that happened. Well, you think of all the quarterbacks that started games after the 49ers drafted Alex Smith. Did, was J.T. O'Sullivan after 2005, or was he right yeah. before? After. Yeah. J.T. O'Sullivan, Nate, uh, Nate Smith. No, not, uh, Nate. Uh, I'm getting my Nate my, Davis. Nate Davis. Uh, I don't Sean know. Uh, Smith, uh, Sean, Sean Hill, Troy Smith, and then Sean Hill. Right. Um, the, then did the did, did, did Derek Carr, I mean, or David, David, oh, David Carr, Carr, he, he must have started at least a game, he had to have. And then you go from then Alex Smith finally starts to make good and he starts to play well. I can't believe he lasted that long. And, and I think you really have to credit the uh, intestinal fortitude for, for, of Alex Smith for even lasting as long as he did and not completely collapsing. He starts to play well, then Kaepernick shows up, then he's the guy, then you trade Alex Smith, and then Kaepernick has that, like all of a sudden he needs like seven surgeries that one offseason. And then Blaine Gabbard ends up starting the season because Cap is coming back from these injuries and loses weight. And then the whole 2016 thing and the kneeling and it's like, and then the Garoppolo era, and it's like, cool, got a guy, Garoppolo, torn ACL. 
ankle, just everything. And he never had a normal off season. And now you get Brock Purdy who shows up and then he gets hurt. And now he doesn't have the, a normal no, you got Trey Lance first. Oh, and the, Trey Lance played four games. You traded up with, you spent three first round picks plus to go get a guy number three. And they're not even going to find out what he's going to be and don't even develop the guy. Cause he gets hurt in his one opportunity plays a total of four games in the NFL. And now you got Brock Purdy, but then Trey still might play, but Purdy, if he gets healthy, is going to play. It's it's just it. Can and Sam Darnold be. is better, and he's good, like magically he's just going to be the guy now <laughs> and revitalize his career. It, it's definitely uh, it's definitely interesting. I think it's fun for us because it gives us different storylines that really talk about. Like, could you imagine if we didn't have to talk about the quarterbacks? What would we talk about? Like, oh man. Uh, Drake Drake Jackson saw him at practice and man, he, he looks bigger. I think he's gonna have a big year. And then, like, all right, what do we talk about next? <laughs> I mean, it is for content creators is kind of the gift that keeps on giving with the quarterback stuff. And it, it is it's always fun to talk about the quarterbacks. Um, and again, one of the reasons the the 49ers and the Packers have had a lot of popular podcasts is because their quarterback situations were interesting and because they're playing a lot of games in January. And, and that's important. So to have an interesting quarterback room and also be winning games, then and, and I've said this before, like it, it's pretty. It's pretty bizarre that Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch aren't even close to being on the hot seat right now, even though the Trey Lance thing is happening. And you might have spent three first round picks on a quarterback, end up getting nothing for him and still have your job. I, I, that's never happened. Can you think of a team that drafted a quarterback that was like a bust in the top five and that coach and quarterback kept their job or that coach and GM kept their job? I can't think of one. Usually one guy's out and then the other guy tries to fix it. Then doesn't right. yeah. The GM at least blame the coach and then try to try to do it again and, and take another whack at it. But that's, those aren't even guys that traded up for their guy. Well, what about the RG three situation, right? Where they traded up a lot to get RG three. And then all of a sudden he wins rookie of the year plays very well. I think they ended the season on like seven straight wins. And that's a tough thing, right? You talk about the development of a quarterback RG three. I mean, they were losing a lot when he started the year and all of a sudden boom, they're rattling off wins, man, they're a playoff team. But then he has like a torn ACL that he's playing on <laughs> Shanahan quarterback hurt, hurt again, but then he's playing like a torn ACL. Then the offseason comes. It's like, uh, we want to just be more of a quarterback. And then it's like, Oh, actually we secretly hate you and want to play Kirk cousins. <laughs> you know, <laughs> So maybe it's the Shanahan's too, that are part of that. Where it's like, Oh, they just can't have nothing normal. Wasn't there some weird stuff with Plummer and Mike Shanahan? I think so. Things did because obviously they they won Super Bowls in Denver with John Elway. Then Plummer came in and like Mike Shanahan got fired not too long after having a lot of winning teams. And a lot of owner, like ownerships and, and, and GMs, they're not they're not really. Um, and I think Jed York is probably especially now it feels like because there was a time when they went head coach, head coach, head coach. And it didn't seem like they knew what they were doing. And, um, and he, he was not letting guys, you know, stick around and figure it out. Um, he, he's been really patient, I think with Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, they're winning too, which makes it easier, but he's been very hands off. We hardly ever hear from, from Jed York. Well, he, he loves them. I mean, we saw the tweets that he put out and it was like, I love these guys, man. Like it was clear they were drunk or something. 
Oh, the one, yeah, when they were all having the, uh, it was, was just, was it just an event or something? Or were they, were it they like at a house? It looked like maybe they were at someone's house and they were just all hanging out. Right. They're all in the kitchen, huh? Yeah. They were, oh, you know, dude, what's the story with John Lynch at the Pro Bowl? He had like 37 pina coladas or something like that. <laughs> Uh, he's competitive, man. He he goes all in with whatever it is. A uh, good point from Terra Dome says uh, Josh Rosen, prime example of uh, you know they they drafted a quarterback. Coach got fired. GM got to stick around. GM ended up getting fired later, but um, the GM was allowed to pick another quarterback. John Way. Oh, here we go. John Elway, the original LeBron James, dragging sorry teams to three Super Bowls in the eighties before Sharp, TD McCaffrey showed up. Mm. see and i don't know if i like that lebron analogy with elway because lebron won when he was younger elway. no no but I, yeah but remember john uh lebron th those Cavs teams like led by like mo williams and Ogaskis, i think maybe like older version of larry hughes <laughs> like you know they weren't they they were they went to the finals. I mean they got dogged by like the I think the Spurs got swept, but for that team to just go to the finals, that was and they were typically and that was the weird part about LeBron leaving uh Cleveland that first time, but they were like the number one, number two seed. Like they were like legit and he still was like, yeah, go, go. I can't believe uh, I can't believe the decision. When when it was all televised, I was like, Oh, LeBron's staying for sure. He's not gonna go through this and then leave. He's like, he had no, the boys and girls kids there like peace out hey, kids i'm out of here kids have fun in cleveland i'm out all right uh, we got to get out of here too thanks everybody for making locked on 49ers your first listen every day here on the locked on podcast network appreciate all the everydayers appreciate everybody jumping in the live chat make sure you're subscribed up on youtube and everywhere you find your podcast croc and i back tomorrow we're talking about whether this 49ers roster got better position by position we'll go offense first then defense did the 49ers improve in every position group next right here lockdown 49ers subscribe to this video